You're listening to DraftKings Network. Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year to tradition, I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley, SAB, the CV, copyright 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey, please drink responsibly. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Big Sui, presented by DraftKings. Why are you listening to this show? The podcast that seems very similar to the other Dan Lebitard podcast. I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> in fact, the only difference seems to be this imaging. I have been tempted in restaurants just walking past tables to grab somebody's fries that if they're just there. That hasn't happened to you guys? I've done it. And now, here's the marching man to nowhere, fat face, and the habitual liar. We do have a lot of things to get to. Uh, Stugatz hasn't just discovered that the Suns might be good, but he's also <laughs> discovered that Shannon Sharp is good at the take. Yes. And he has discovered as well that Tom Brady is sharpening the take, <laughs> trying to get better at the take. It is not a strength. We will get to that in a moment. Uh, Greg Cody has a lot of thoughts on eggs that we have to get to. It's Ooh. all he brought in today. When he was asked if he had any thoughts on anything, all he brought in uh, was the proper way to eat eggs. And we'll get to that in just a second. Again. Other than all the other stuff on my list. Like of, hitting uh, the topics. microphone with your thermos right. there, while that, we were talking to Pablo well. Torre. I yeah. checked that off as soon as that yes. happened. <laughs> he also has uh, day-old football takes. He's got a lot of those that he wants to get right. to. So it's not just eggs. It's also the, the expiration date on some of these takes is it's expired, but he wants right. to get them off anyway. Okay, so let me get this straight. The Super Bowl is in uh, like 10 days, uh, but it's it's already a dead topic. Like you can't talk about a Super Bowl that's happening February 11th because you didn't talk about it yesterday. I don't think correct? you want to talk about the Super Bowl. You want to talk about the games that we already talked about on Sunday night and Monday morning. Well, it, it's, it's because what Dan Campbell did is rob America 
of the Super Bowl that uh, America wanted, which is Detroit in it. Dan Campbell, his, he kneecapped his own team. He made two decisions in the fourth quarter that literally cost them the Super Bowl. So this is you previewing the Super Bowl, right? This not is, these right. are not reheated takes well, from from two days ago. I think Greg no, the, is upset because he feels like the better matchup would have been Kansas City and Detroit. Right. He would have preferred to see that, and he's right. Dan Campbell robbed us of that opportunity. Tom Brady agrees. Right. Baltimore and Detroit would have been the ideal Super Bowl, uh, and Lamar Jackson failed, but but that's fine. That's what he does apparently in the playoffs. But Dan Campbell. His macho. You're previewing the Super Bowl by talking about all of the people and players that aren't in the Super Bowl. No, he's previewing his preview of the Super Bowl. He hasn't gotten to the points yet. He's just telling us what they will be. That's correct. The the Ravens did beat the hell out of the Lions earlier in the season, but you still wanted to see a rematch of that in the Super Bowl? I did. And because of wishful bets, I think there's a chance Detroit might have actually been favored because by then they would have been. You know the team of no, destiny no, and all that. No, bullshit. no, they would not have been favored. I think they Craig, been. A Craig. lot of people place wishful bets. Craig, well, we don't. On, we'll never don't, know because Dan Campbell right. ruined it. Well, hold on a second because the Niners are favored, and so if Detroit beats San Francisco in San Francisco, you, you don't think maybe Detroit a one point was, favorite. Detroit I mean, was a seven point dog at San Francisco. They weren't going to be a favorite against Baltimore. Well, you don't know that, do you? No, I do know that. Do I know that as much as I know anything I've ever known. No you don't way know to know that. that. Yeah, I There's d- betting trend. That's why the, Je- there the Jets. There is a way are- to know that. They'll All never you- know. The Jets and the Giants are always over bet. Their, their lines are always off by a point or two because of wishful bets. The, America, who Craig, does. Americans don't. who never bet would have bet on the Lions just Craig, because they hoped it happened. You, you don't. Craig ain't lying. You don't I'm understand not lying. how. Like the pride of a lion. The book that you can get anywhere now, including Amazon. Well done. But uh, I'm not lying about this. The, Lions, the Detroit Lions, because of wishful bets from one-time betters, might have been favored over Baltimore. You should have led with eggs. <laughs> Could you imagine how great that would have been for business, Dan, for Greg? The Lions make the Super Bowl be able to say, you know what, Lions, that's, a, that's lions. an interesting animal. I want yeah. to know more about Lions. Right. What's this? That's exactly right. Pride of a Lion? I heard, a brand new I heard Stugat saying that what he wants to do in Vegas next week is take Greg Cody along Radio Row with that book and yes. just force him on Nasty Nestor uh, on morning radio in Baltimore and force Greg Cody upon an assortment of radio enterprises. I want to be his handler. I want to walk Greg through Radio Row. I know where all the tables are set up. I know who is sitting where because I am the mayor of Radio Row. They send me the table diagrams before the people even know where it is they're sitting. So I know where all the big shows are set up. I have access to all the big shows. I would like to walk Greg around Radio Row, and I will get him on every radio show we in America. We have to do this. Yes. Well, the key to that is what Stugatz is saying is he needs a handler, if not two handlers. You need some sort of commotion hubbub yep. around him, yep. and then people will be coming to you saying, who's that? Oh, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, that's Greg Cody from the Dan LeBitard Show with Stugatz. Oh, that's Greg Cody from the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. And then that's how you get him on the yeah. shows. You need a hubbub around him. Yep. You yeah. need like a, yeah. almost like the you know pig pen from Peanuts, how he has that smoke cloud around him. That's what Greg needs at Radio Row. We've we've effectively done this before in the past because Roy had a resemblance to Terrell Owens at the time. Yeah. We just had a bunch of people walking around Roy and we convinced everyone around us that he was actually T.O. And then we sat him down next to Ryan Howard and Jared Fogle of Subway, which was very unfortunate in <laughs> retrospect. Wow. That did not age well, that bit. 
the hypothetical line provided by DraftKings on Baltimore, Detroit is Baltimore favored by three and a half. So That's we, all, huh? We do know. Not seven. Well, you don't know. It's a hypothetical. Right. You yeah. don't know like, reality. Uh, you, you, they What's just the line made of that kickoff, up? right? What do they know? Mm-hmm. DraftKings? Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what does anybody know I meant to say? Yeah. DraftKings knows more than right most. about that. Save and Butte. Mm. I mean, if anybody knows, it's DraftKings. But nobody knows. You know, nobody knows. And and wishful, you, you never heard the theory of wishful betting? They the crown the is yours. Lines. They sent they, 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 the people who set the betting lines. That, that actually lines. counts as a, as a live read, I think. Promo code Dan. And betting lines the move. The crown is yours. You may not have noticed betting lines move. Well said. Not three yes. and a half points they don't. Sometimes no, but they, they set the about, line. Yeah, the public decides. Right. If a quarterback is injured, it moves three and a half. Can we points. go with the eggs? If a quarterback's injured, it's okay. just one egg. So now it's now it's moved to now it's moved to well, if Lamar Jackson was hurt, Correct. then maybe Detroit would start in the hypothetical game. Yeah. I mean, if you open the hypothetical door, we're yeah. gonna you, know, wrong? you have a, a known thing in eggs. Yeah. That would deliver. Eggs are incredible, huh? The Who, the incredible egg. Who's yeah. the first person that saw it and thought, you know what? I want that in my mouth. Well, well was it the chicken? Who knows? Greg, what is the proper way to eat the eggs the way that you were talking about eating them? We're talking about a fried egg. You know, there's a million different ways you can make eggs, obviously. Uh, the fried egg requires you to crack the shell just perfectly. It's all in the shell cracking with a fried egg. But what I was wondering is, I have a particular way of eating a fried egg. And, and I like the fried egg over, I like that yolk runny. But the way I eat a fried egg, and I'm, this is out of curiosity, I'm asking if others do the same. I eat around the yolk, I eat all the white of the egg first. And you have to be as delicate as a surgeon. No yellow? No yolk. Let me finish. Let, Let him finish. cook, Dan. Let yeah. him cook. You have yeah. to be as delicate as a surgeon <laughs> to get around that yolk without breaking it. If you nick the yolk and the yellow starts running, the entire thing is ruined. So what you do is you carefully eat around. You eat all the white. And at the end, what you have is a giant yellow eye alone on the plate staring at you. <laughs> the yolk of the egg. And then... You take your triangle of toast, the sharp point. You jab it gently right in the middle of the eye. The eye starts oozing yellow gold. And then you dip the toast in it, and that's when your egg comes alive. The white is superfluous. The white is superfluous. People who eat these uh, white omelets and no yolk in the omelet, forget about that. The, the egg does its work when you get to the yolk, and that's how to eat a fried egg. But I'm curious if I'm alone on that or if other people started, do that. I should have started. Well done. Do other people do that? That was beautiful. Do you really? Well done, man. That was really well done with the eggs. Bon yeah. pan total. Oh, you I'm going to try it that way. Yeah. I actually really like the yolk, and I like it when the yolk goes over the egg yeah, white, and, and you don't like to mix the two flavors, no. but I'm going to try it your way because you of how beautifully you put that. It is liquid gold. I'm telling you. Mm. It is liquid gold. The problem gold. with that He's is... He's not yoking. Mm. You were saying? The problem with that is that when you're eating the egg whites, you're getting no flavor. You're waiting for the payoff, and all you're doing is eating egg whites that are so dry that I'd prefer right. just a little yellow in the egg whites to give it a little bit of flavor yeah. so I don't feel like I'm just eating printed uh, paper. Well, cook your eggs better, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, number two, you, you salt and pepper 
the yellow. The, exactly the yellow right, doesn't right. need salt and pepper. No. Let's get that straight. Liquid gold. The white does. Mm-hmm. You carefully salt and pepper around the yolk, and that way the, the white of the egg is uh, not, not a pleasurable experience like the yolk, but more than tolerable because you know what? You know you're getting to the yolk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're mining for gold. It's a slow build-up dance, foreplay. It is. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a sexual experience in the breakfast table. Dan, I know you've done it with Banco Mantequilla, where you wait for that last drop, and then you hit it with the... Oh, my God, so good. It's beautiful. It's the best thing in in cuisine. It really is. The yolk of an egg. Well, you guys tell me as Cubans there in the the back row. That's me honoring the chicken. That's the sound of a chicken. And when I eat an egg yolk, I have mad respect for the person who laid it. Do you think the chickens are proud? Like when you eat an egg and you enjoy it, the, the chicken views it as like the chicken's the chef of this oh, yeah. egg and is proud to serve you this meal. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Mm. It, it's a wonderful thing. And the chickens act proud. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever watched chickens. Certain struts sometimes. Yeah, they, they lay saunter, the egg. They, they saunter they, they through the farmyard. They go, they're going, but they up. You know, they're, they're like very. But they up. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're the cock of the walk. But they up. Well, they're not. They're, oh. Well, but they're like that. They're all poultry. Yeah. Uh, oh. Even even uh, even turkeys, you know, with the big thing, the big red thing, they're walking around. They have no idea they're about to have their head chopped off. Mm. They're oblivious, mm-hmm. but until they die, but a, a proud bird. Death, they're a proud bird. A proud bird, and, and they show it. Unlike some animals, yeah, you know, they oh. show it. Yeah. What I was going to ask the back row is, what do you imagine is better to dip uh, your pan con mantequilla in, uh, the yolk or café con leche? Hey, oh, you want some pasta and seafood dishes with fresh fish? Mm. <laughs> you split the baby in two. You have one pan that you put you in the egg, one. and then you pick put salt in them. Pick one, you coward. Café con leche! <laughs> Stuka out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible. Because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash dlb there's no safe like simply safe hey guys it's tony i am very 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 excited about the nba playoffs they have been incredible so far taylor producer on the show thanks to game time took a 28 hour train ride to a knicks game talking to taylor it was an awesome time going to the game feeling the energy of the garden and i really want to get out there to watch a game in the garden and you know how i do it of course the best ticket app on the planet game time game time is an authorized ticket marketplace of the nba which makes getting playoff tickets even faster and easier prices on the game time app actually go down the closer it gets to tip off with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat which is a technology i love by the way GameTime has tons of last-minute deals. You can save up to 60% off buying last-minute for sports, concerts, comedy, theater, 
take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app today, create an account, use code DAN, D-A-N, for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN, D-A-N, for 20 bucks off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Don Lebatard. I miss crank windows. Too many unnecessary conveniences now, cruise control. Please, I've got cruise control built in. It's called my right foot. It controls how fast the car goes. No button or steering wheel lever needed. Power steering. There's another one. Why do I want to give my power to the car? The power that I once had. The car is a ton of metal. I'm a damn college graduate. Stugats. Bluetooth. HD radio. Satellite. I'll take AM, please, with Wolfman Jack talking through the static. And I'll crank the windows down so everybody can hear. I'm Greg Cody, and that's how it was back in my day. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Tony is trying to get my attention subliminally with his things to ponder file. We will get to that at some point. But Ron McGill joins (laughs) us as he has our longest standing guest, I believe. Uh, Certainly our longest standing regular guest, The Pride of a Lion, the book that he did with Greg Cody, continues to be a bestseller on some very obscure lists. You can get it wherever it is that you get your books. Uh, I want to start, though, Ron, with the rhino beetle this week, because I was sent some video from a listener showing me that the rhino beetle can somehow lift about 850 times its weight. We have talked uh, very often about some of the things in the animal kingdom that have more power than you would expect. So give me an idea of how rare the strength of the rhino beetle is here and how many animals or insects of any kind you would put up against it in in a test of strength. Well, that's incredibly powerful, of course, but a lot of invertebrates, you know, ants are a classic example of these invertebrates that can pick up so much more than their own weight. I mean, hundreds of times, I don't know if it's 800 times like the rhino beetle, I don't have the exact stat, but ants are notorious for their ability to to pick up some major, major weight. Uh, But the rhino beetle is, you know, it's a tank. It's a tank of of an insect. Uh, It's got a huge, very, very hard ectoskeleton. Um, So it is a is probably the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the uh, the uh, insect world. What else would you put in there outside of the insect world? Uh, things that might surprise us, animals who might surprise us with their strength. Look at leopards. Look at what a leopard could bring up a tree. Uh, I've seen a leopard bring up almost a full-grown, you know, not well, half-grown wildebeest up a tree. Something that weighs twice as much as the leopard. Literally grab it by its neck and climb up a tree with its legs, holding this thing in its mouth, dragging it up to the top of the tree. I've seen leopards drag things up into trees and I'm going, this is unbelievable. So they're an incredibly powerful animal. Ron, uh, bullfighting is back in Mexico after after being disallowed for two years. And Humane Society International refers to the bull's suffering from a protracted death tantamount to torture in the bullfighting arena. My question, why isn't there any sort of international advocacy for animals that reach the legal level? Like, why isn't something like that illegal? Um, it, it is in this country. You know, it all depends on the country's laws. And that's where, you know, you get into international law and you have to be very, very careful. I think 
countries are incredibly wary of someone else telling them what to do in their own home. The objective here is to try to just change the culture. And I mean, Mexico was on its way. It started to outlaw bullfighting in, in several of its states. Um, but there's still that old traditional culture. And unfortunately, I think that is going to have to wait until those generations die off. If you go to these bullfights, you'll see that the majority of the people there are, you know, fairly elderly in, in age as far as they're not the, the teenagers, the young people as much. Um, there are a lot of older people. And that generation just has to kind of, God, I hate to say it this way, die off. I mean, that mentality has to die off. Can you guys in video please put up for me this elephant video of a, an elephant with its trunk tearing down a tree? I know you've talked before about the strength of the elephant and yeah. the strength of the elephant's trunk, but this video, walk us through it, Ron. Yeah, elephants will knock down tree because they love to eat the bark. They love to eat the pulp, pulp of wood. Uh, they also love to eat the trees. So this elephant, and I've seen this also with actually trees bigger than that, where a big bull will go in there and knock the whole thing down. And what it does is it provides itself with a buffet. Uh, they're incredibly intelligent animals. I've also seen them go and shake trees, you know, like the marula tree it has a marula fruit on it. And they'll go up there and they'll shake these trees and all the fruits fall off. And it's wonderful. Uh, so, again, elephant is one of the most intelligent animals on Earth incredibly powerful animal. So uh, they use that that strength to their, their benefit, which in that case is to knock down a big smorgasbord. I'm going to put up here some elephant porn now because this oh, is, well, it's just elephants having sex, like really going at it. Uh, what, what percentage of elephants, because this is difficult to do, it's a difficult act, uh, what percentage of elephants go through their entire life without ever having sex, Ron? I couldn't give you an exact number, Dan, but uh, I, I would think that the the majority are going to be males that don't have the sex because males will fight with each other to to uh, you know to have the territory. So unless he's able to escape, do we have to keep showing this over and over? Uh, not showing <laughs> yes, that. Ron. Yes, most, we do. The most like incredible me. part of elephant oh. sex is actually the elephant penis itself. It's like a fire hose. That thing comes out, and the elephant just mounts the uh, the female. And the penis does all the work. And then it, it swings around like a, a fire hose. You tie it, tie it to a fire hydrant, let it go. And that's what it looks like. It's just woo, 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 looking for that opening. And when it finds the opening, then it does all the work itself. But it's pretty incredible to watch. I mean, that thing is like a fifth appendage. It's pretty impressive. Well, you've told me before that the rhinos, it, all of this is painful, right? Because the animal that is on top is, is so heavy that it's going to hurt the other animal's back. Well, generally speaking, yes. And elephants, especially the bulls, are much bigger than the cows. They, generally speaking, have no more than usually about 30 seconds on the top of the female before she can no longer withstand his weight. Now, with rhinos, it's a little different because males and females are very similar in size. I've seen a, a female rhino carry a male on her back around for an hour at a time with the male ejaculating every two to five minutes without even doing any kind of pelvic thrusting because the vaginal walls of the female, uh, well, of course, it's got to be a female rhino, just kind of do all the work. The male just stays up there and all of a sudden every like, you know, two to five minutes, he does this shudder type thing. I don't think he's faking it for her. And that's when he's ejaculating and you'll see all this white, I can't believe I'm talking about this on this show because her kids are <laughs> Ron, you ever watch any videos it's of animals, animals mating and, and take some notes, learn some tricks? Like which animal, I guess, would humans most be able to learn from in that area? The best in well, that. I, I, think, I think there are a lot of animals that uh, people can learn from. First of all, just in the whole dating process, you know, a lot of people think with animals, it's just like the, you know, oh gosh, they're kids listening. You know, it's just a quickie type thing. It's not that way. 
Animals go through a very distinctive courtship process. The male is asking permission. The female is making the selection. Generally speaking, in the animal kingdom, it's the female that runs the show. I, I know it's that way with a lot of us as well. But guys, when you realize that you need to let the female run that show, you'll be a lot happier. Um, and, and the fact is, you know, there's an orangutan. I'll never, we have an orangutan, had an orangutan, who habitually would perform oral sex on the females while using his fingers to stimulate her in other areas. I mean, this guy was a multitasker to the max. I watched him and go, guys, like, I don't know if they were watching films in the back or what was going on, but that guy was just, man, he was a god of reproduction. He was unbelievable. Speaking of reproduction, German scientists have turned to in vitro fertilization to help save the white rhino species. They finally successfully impregnated a, a rhino. What is your thought on turning to IVF to save an endangered species? I, I, I think it's absolutely something that uh, needs to be uh, needs to be endorsed because at the end of the day, that's, we do it for people, um, you know, and I know there's going to be some religious zealots that say, oh, you know, this is not God's way. No, God gave us the intelligence to learn this, to help correct the bad things that we have done that have created these species becoming endangered and, in fact, extinct if we're not able to reverse that process. And what we're doing is we're basically creating a surrogate mother. You know, we do it in human beings, right? We, we do embryo transplants into another person to carry when a, when a, when a woman cannot carry on her own to give her the, the child. Well, here we're doing... You know, we've done it with a lot of other animals. We've taken zebras, endangered zebras, and put their embryos into horses, domestic horses that have given birth to a full-fledged endangered zebra. Uh, we've done that with endangered types of antelope and cattle. So to do this with rhinos is just such a an iconic animal that some people, you know, that there's some extremists that go, oh, this is not, you know, not the natural way we shouldn't be doing this. No, we should be doing it because this is something we have to do to correct the the mistakes we've made in the past. It's knowledge that we have now to help save an endangered species. And um, I, I'm all for it. And I really am proud of the scientists that have dedicated so much time to make this possible. Ron, do animals have a capacity for romance? Absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. Uh, I've seen that in all kinds of animals where they come and bring presents, you know, they bring gifts uh, to the females, to get her, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, giving jewelry to your wife. I mean, I've seen it over and over from birds to primates. These animals will court, they'll dance, romance. Listen, sometimes there's something no no more romantic than doing a wonderful dance with your with your partner. And gosh, animals are the prime example of that. You look at some of the dances some of these animals do from, you know, lemurs to, 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 to birds, to birds of paradise, to these mannequins, all these mannequin birds, the, the dances they do. Look at that. Go look it up on the Internet. You'll see these dances they do and they flash their wings. They go back and forth and they pat their feet. They do like a flamenco. They do all kinds of stuff. It's fantastic to watch. That's romance, man. I love a good dance before I have sex. But, Ron, you said something earlier, and you're crazy, okay? Because if okay. I let my wife run the show, you know what I'm not having? Sex. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I'm sorry, Stu, guys. But let me tell you. Don't be sorry. It's trust me. Okay. Trust me. When you're having sex, Stu, guys... It's because your wife allows it. She's running. She may make you think you're running the show, but at the end of the day, 
It's her call, brother. Put uh, it on the poll, please. Do the do animals have the capacity for romance, yes or no? And do you want to imagine Stugat seducing anyone? Uh, Tony, what do you no have? Pants dance, what do you sorry. have for Ron McGill? Dear God. Uh, Ron, all animal tongues are different. And we were talking about the elephants earlier. In Thailand, I fed elephants at part of a, a sanctuary for elephants, and their tongues are incredibly slimy. Why is it that yeah. their tongue is incredibly slimy, but then other tongues are different, maybe more coarse? They use them for different things. Like, what's the difference between animal tongues and the species? Well, it depends what they're eating. And I think what's happening there is, you know, it's like when you see food that you really, really like, you're getting excited, you start to salivate. So these elephants are probably, you know, getting very excited that they're going to get these treats that people like you were giving them there. So their saliva starts running quite a bit more. Uh, and that makes the, the, the tongue a lot more slimy. Um, and they're also... Elephants can't really stick their tongue way out. It, it kind of protrudes a little bit, but it's not like a giraffe that comes out like, you know, 16 inches. Um, so by constantly being in the mouth with all that saliva, the tongue appears to be more slimy when it's really it's not really producing the saliva. It's just, you know, keeping it on its surface because it's always in its mouth. Ron, there's a video of an eagle, a bald eagle, carrying what appears to be a, a mid-sized deer. At least yeah, it's a, a chamois. Yeah, at least a, ju a juvenile. Right. And, and it made me wonder, what is the strongest bird in terms of being able to carry X times their own it's weight? It's always the harpy. He always takes the harpy oh, eagle. Yeah. Look at that. Dan has learned. It is the harpy eagle. Really? It's the most powerful bird of prey on earth. That thing can carry, you know, a small child away. I feel like the harpy eagle is your answer for any eagle question. <laughs> Overrated no, eagle. It's not. Yeah, it's no. not. Okay. It's not. Because if you want to go, you know, with the eagle that, uh, you know, is not the brightest eagle in the world, it's not going to be the harpy eagle. Okay. It's the bald eagle. Uh, the harpy eagle is the most impressive animal in the animal kingdom, according to Ron McGill, of wow. all the animals. It's a, not just it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty impressive animal, Dan. It's, a, it's an incredible bird. I mean, you can go and... Uh, you know, that's the golden eagle right there. So it's a golden eagle that got a chamois. That's the chamois that you see right there. I saw that same video. It's pretty impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's very impressive. What's but you'll the, see those golden eagles. They'll get full-grown foxes. They'll the, take down and fly away with full-grown foxes. What is the so biggest What is the biggest eagle that could carry? Don Lebertard. We got Afrini Hardaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freeney? <laughs> Who was a Freeney Hardaway? I was trying to read fast. UD was on the team. Luke Jackson. Bobby Jones. Who the Matrix, Sean Marion. Stugatz. Who is Zoe, Shaq, Smush Parker, Chris Quinn. Wait a minute. D Wade. Wait a minute. Jason Williams, they're all right. I mean, stacked roster. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugatz. Before we get to Billy's idea on how to save baseball, Greg Cody, do you have any more reheated football takes that you think are going to be better on Tuesday than they were immediately after the games on Sunday or on Monday? Because I, I have one. I saw Michael Irvin say on whatever the name of that show is with Skip Bayless. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not being disrespectful there. I don't know that. Is it undisputed? Undisputed. Yes. Uh, he said that it is a fireable offense for the Ravens coaching staff to allow Travis Kelsey to complete, have 11 receptions on 11 targets. And I'm thinking they were trying to stop it. 
I'm thinking everyone's trying to stop that at all times, and it's not something that would appear to be stoppable given that Travis Kelsey always has 100 yards in every game that I'm watching, even though everyone knows you have to stop him. Evidently, the Ravens' tight ends can be stopped because I saw that happen Sunday. I have not seen in my lifetime since he's had Mahomes a Travis Kelsey that can be stopped. I actually agree with that because he's the one weapon consistently that Mahomes has had the entire season and you know he's going to try to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. You can't let Travis Kelsey be the guy that beats you in that game. You can't. I, I understand, but he does and he did because he's the best we've ever seen. And I'm I'm of the argument. Like, I understand how everyone arrives at these conclusions. Because Mike did it yesterday, and Mike was doing a game planning critique that a ton of people were doing. Why didn't Baltimore run the ball more? But I think of the Ravens as being an exceptionally run organization. I think of John Harbaugh as not only being a champion, but being pretty smart. And sometimes you trust your team to be better than the other guys at what they do. The Ravens take away the middle of the field and take away tight ends because of their linebackers and because of their safety. They couldn't take away that one. They had to take away that one, and it's a fireable offense because you lose – if you want to make it a fireable offense, but I haven't seen the coach that can stop Travis Kelsey. Mike, Mike McDonald is one of the hottest head coaching candidates because of the work that he's done as defensive coordinator to suggest that he should be fired because Travis Kelsey, arguably the greatest tight end of all time, had a great performance in the playoffs as television. That That's what that is. It's debate television, but uh, Travis Kelsey hadn't been playing well entering yeah. these playoffs. He, he put up a a three for 16 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you familiar with that defense's work this season? There's plenty of reason to look at Travis Kelsey and say, okay, he's one of the greatest of all time. Additionally, he appears to be declining because how can you not at that age when you consider where you've set the bar? But he hasn't had a good season by his standards. My point is, if you're the Ravens, and you could have been undefeated because you had fourth quarter leads in all the games you lost. Do you trust your guys to be good at the thing they've been excellent at or not? You change everything you do, you change it all because Travis Kelsey is coming into town and now, you, now you're going to have Patrick Mahomes beat you in some other way because you're going to what? Double and triple team Travis Kelsey? No, but then you trust your guys, but you also have to make slight adjustments depending on who it is that you're playing. Like for me, did. there's no I'm reason to guard Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Just throw him the ball and let's see what happens, okay? Because he might not catch it. I would put everyone on Travis, Kelsey, and Rice, and that's it, and force the other guys to beat me. And and more so now than a few years ago. When when Mahomes had Tyreek Hill, at least you could say, all right, they need to cover Tyreek. They, they need to worry more about Tyreek Hill. Now, if, if you're defending the, the, the Chiefs, you're not that worried about Pacheco. You're going to give him his 100-yard rushing. You're worried about Travis Kelsey. And without a great, as you say, without a great Are you guys receiver. of the opinion that Harbaugh didn't understand that he needed to slow Kelsey in that game, <laughs> right. that it snuck up on him? I know, but, but it, he didn't. That's the point. Like that, It's not crazy to say, hey, like our objective here is to stop Travis Kelsey from eating and have the other guys who can't catch the ball and drop it constantly beat us. And if Travis Kelsey beats us, we didn't execute the game plan, and this may have been our best shot at a Super Bowl, so there have to be changes. It's not crazy. They held the Chiefs to 17 points. You're hosting the AFC Championship game. 
that needs to be good enough. It, it needs to be good enough. Well, they held everyone fair. else yeah. in check, even Mahomes, especially in that second half. Mahomes made the one play that he had to to seal the game. The, this was a Ravens offense loss. Their game plan was let's have the best cover safety in the league against tight ends cover the best tight end in football. Yep. Kyle Hamilton, the only touchdown he's led up for a tight end was that one-handed catch that was a back shoulder throw that Kelsey made an incredible grab on, one of the two touchdowns that the Chiefs had. Kyle Hamilton was that piece. He was healthy, he was back in, and he just got the better one. My point, Stugatz, just so that the people understand what my point is, because I do understand when you're armed with the result, we are all experts. And I heard plenty of analysis like uh, like Mike Ryan's where – People were saying everywhere, why didn't the Ravens run the ball more? It seems obvious to me in retrospect, having watched the game, that Spagnola's game plan was take away the tight ends and make Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm. They threw 40 times. But my question to the group here is the following. You think John Harbaugh is good at his job, yes? Yes. You think that organization is as good as any that there's been in football this century, yes? Yes. If they're not able to run the ball, and I told you yesterday that the Chiefs defense over the last five weeks has been better at stopping the run than anybody, is it because John Harbaugh knows less about what he's doing there than we do? Or is it because the Chiefs might have taken something away that you're not understanding because when we're watching the game, we don't have the sophistication about what the adjustments have to be. All we've got is the criticism once you've got the result. Well, we have the stats that say the Ravens were twice as good at running the ball than the Chiefs were in that game. And that every time that they decided to hand the ball off or have Lamar Jackson carry, it was a really positive play for them outside of handing it to Justice Hill, who was terrible in pass protection as well. You can say they took away the the tight ends. Mark Andrews coming back from a lengthy injury. But this was the offense failing. This was the offense about to score at the one and fumbling at the one as Zay Flowers tried to extend the ball. And I know Bill Belichick has famously said you don't reach for the touchdown at the one-yard line because things like that can happen. The offense failed. The quarterback had a bad day. And the offensive coordinator in Duncan had a really bad day. Agreed, agreed. My my point is when the offense has a bad day, is it allowed to be because the defense did that to the offense, or does it always have to be their game plan was shit? No, 100%. The defense has been incredible. Spags is one of the best defensive coordinators ever. Lamar Jackson is going to win a second MVP this season. They totally held them in check from an offense. There were a couple big-time breakdowns where Zay Flowers got behind people in ways that were a little shocking for a Spagnuolo defense, but th- this was Munkin failing. They, they, they botched the game plan against the Kansas City Chiefs. They got uncomfortable because they had to chase the game early on, and they got away from their game plan. It, w- it didn't make any sense watching it. I, I think Mike is right. This is a team, Dan. This is an offense that scored 38 points against the Lions, 50-plus against the Dolphins, scored 30-plus against San Francisco, had 37 against the L.A. Rams. Like, this is a good offense that really didn't come to play. Did, just failed on Sunday. They did. They failed in a spectacular way. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because of their defense. Mahomes did not have a particularly good season by his standards, but any team with Mahomes on it is never going to get the credit maybe deserved on defense. The Chiefs had a great defense this season. Not a good one, a great one. Uh, elite. But top, that's top but my, three. But if, if you're going to say that, can you just parse for me the degrees on this, on how much, when you say, and you're right, Ravens offense failed. 
Whatever they were scheming did not work. Ten points, not enough. Chiefs score 17, you should be able to beat them. You guys are saying all the right things. I'm asking you to make the distinction between how much time you spend criticizing the game plan of people whose life's work is invested for many, many decades in making sure that they're prepared for that game. (laughs) And the easiest thing for us is to take the result afterward and say, you guys didn't know what you're doing. And so I'm asking, how much do I blame on the Ravens for their offensive failings? And how much do I say, well, shit, McDuffie, And Snead are kind of amazing. The Dolphins tried to build what the Chiefs have. They said, look, we'll have Howard and Ramsey, and we'll make Chubb, Chris Jones, and ah. And and, uh, we can't do it. We don't have a way to recreate what the Chiefs did. What they do is obviously something that affected whatever Harbaugh's plan was, and I'm trusting going in, Harbaugh's got a plan. I think it can be both. I think you can give the Chiefs credit for a great defensive plan, and you can blame Lamar Jackson for once again having a really inferior game when they needed him to be at his best. But if you ask every coach in the NFL, every all 32 head coaches, how about you give up an average of 17 points a game on defense over the course of a season? Would you take that? Every one of them would say yes. When you hold the other team to 17 points, you're expected to win that game. And you better be prepared to score more than 10 points. And that's the story of this game. In in watching it, I kind of experienced like Lamar Jackson was holding on to the ball, trying to prove a point passing the ball. Because there were several opportunities in that game where Lamar Jackson – arguably the greatest runner we've ever seen in that position, could have taken a 12-yard chunk. And he decided to hold the ball, and then the ensuing result was a coverage sack. He just had a really bad game. And the offense had a game plan where they were chasing this game. If I tell you, the guy that scored the third most touchdowns in the sport, your starting running back, and granted they've had injuries there, is averaging six yards every time he touches the ball, but he only musters up Three carries with 20 yards. You're wondering what happened there. Surely this game got out of hand and they had to throw from behind and they were down three scores. That game was always within striking distance. They just started chasing the game in a very odd fashion for them. Lamar Jackson here almost reminds me, if you go cross-sport, to Giannis Antetokounmpo in his first couple of years winning MVP and then failing in the postseason where you're looking around and wondering, is this him coming up short? Is it the surrounding roster? Is it the the scheme that Bud is putting out there as a coach at the time? Because you're looking around and wondering, how could this possibly flail in this way come the postseason when you're looking at this remarkable athlete doing things we haven't seen anyone else do at their position? So it's almost kind of similar, and you have to hope, if you're Lamar Jackson, that that your career starts to take that same arc. I thought that Lamar Jackson had a pretty telling quote before the game, and we didn't talk about it on this show, but he said of Patrick Mahomes, I hate playing him. He's 1-3 in in his career against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has seemingly stolen victory from the jaws of defeat against Lamar Jackson. And in watching that game, I think this guy's pressing against Patrick Mahomes, given their history, and he plays out of character. But, Mike, your point about not rushing the ball is probably the best point because this is by far – the number one rushing team in the NFL. By far, Dan, that is a terrible job by John Harbaugh. You need to run the ball. 
Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible. Because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.